0: Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Early Parenting Podcast. Today I had the chance to interview the gorgeous girls, Nikki and Rachel, who are the co founders of Tiny Hearts Education. Tiny Hearts offers families baby first aid courses as well as birthing classes to help transform their parenting experience and give them the knowledge to move through pregnancy, childbirth, and parenthood with confidence. We got to have an amazing chat about ways to keep your children safe and the current trends the girls are seeing in the community around child safety. So I hope you love this episode as much as I do. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast, where we help you navigate the somewhat tricky world of parenthood so you can love the crap out of being a mama. I'm your host, Jen Butler, and I'm an early parenting consultant and a mama of two busy, busy boys. Join me as I explore all things early parenting and deliver them to you in toddler-friendly, bite-sized lessons. Because let's be honest, your toddler is probably smothering pseudo-cream on the wall as we speak. I'll be dropping my hottest tips on baby and toddler sleep, feeding, boobs, behavior, and so much more. Are you ready to feel confident in motherhood? Let's dive in. Hello ladies, welcome to the Early Parenting Podcast. I'm very excited to have you here today.
1: We're so excited to be here. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for having us.
0: I thought we could start by you giving us a little bit of intro about who you both are and what you're all about.
1: Amazing. So my name is Nikisha Say. I the co-founder and CEO here at Tiny Hearts Education. Um, on a personal sense, I have two beautiful babies. My girl, her name is Nala and my little boy is seven months old and his name is Wolf. And yeah, I own the business with my gorgeous sister, Rach, who's here as well. And I guess we're just here, um, building a business Trying to make an impact and genuinely just coming in to do our our best work. Yeah, great. Great summary. Um, My name's Rach. I'm the co-founder and national training manager
2: um, at Tiny Hearts Education. In a personal sense, I have two gorgeous boys, Malachi and Huxley, 10 and 5. So I've been parenting now for 10 years, which makes me feel a little bit old. (laughs) Um, We build our business together and we've been a business for seven years now, um, sitting alongside this ride of business with my sister has been absolutely amazing. And we make an impact on a daily basis. And like Nikki said, we do our life's best work, which is what we're so passionate about.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. Before we started recording, I was saying to the girls that way back when I actually did a Tiny Hearts, well, before you were Tiny Hearts Education, it was Tiny Hearts First Aid. And I jumped on board and was do, did one of the first aid courses in South Yarra. And I still remember, I mean, like pregnant with my first son, just doing all of the things that I felt that you need to do to prepare for having a baby, really. And obviously, we're going to be talking about all of these sorts of things in today's interview. But uh, it was such a great way to feel prepared and get started for one of the many things you've got to know heading into motherhood. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much for coming along and for um, your beautiful words. Yeah, I guess that's that's what we're here to do. We're here to empower and, you know, um, people come into it and they don't know what to expect when they're pregnant or have a new little one and that, that's our hope. And if you five years ago, was able to walk away from that course empowered, literally, that just makes our hearts sing. That's, that's what we're here to do.
0: Tell me a little bit about what inspired you guys to start Tiny Hearts First Aid and Tiny Hearts Education.
1: Rach and I had always known we wanted to start a business together. We've been Close literally from the day I was born, and Rach was, you know, the doting sister, and um, she's older, Um, (laughs) yes. She's um, wiser. (laughs) And we had had pictures, business pictures to our parents when, you know, we were six and um, eight. We were saying that we were going to start a childcare agency together, and people would drop their kids off, and full belief that people would trust us at six and eight to do that. And our parents there and they listened and you know I I still can't believe they didn't say to us it's so silly I'd probably say that to my own kids now that's ridiculous but I guess because I didn't that idea down, it just meant that we went on and on with these different ideas and come up with these different concepts until I was working as an advanced life support paramedic here in Victoria and Rach was over in Townsville. So she had a little baby, Malachi at the time, she just spoke about him. He is nine now, 10 now actually. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Crazy. And I was just constantly going out as a paramedic and seeing parents who were really overwhelmed. They were worried. There was a lot of questions that were thrown our way when we were attending um, children and I really felt like there was this massive gap. I'm like, why don't they know this? Why are they feeling really overwhelmed and under-supported? How is this information about what to do or what to look for if your child's sick not something that they get as a new parent and I was really perplexed at that and in some situations that I was going to it it had devastating consequences when people didn't know what to do and I guess Rach and I had this conversation and and it was a constant conversation and I felt so bad because as paramedics we've got a very limited amount of time with these parents and I just wanted to give them everything and empower them and give them all this information but we only have a 20 minute scene time so you, you can't do everything that you want to do in that time And I guess Rach had just had her baby as well. So the conversation around, you know, what information are you getting, I guess – it was from her side. Well, I'm not getting a whole lot. When I was discharged from a hospital as, you know, a new mum, I was only young.
2: I didn't have family support where where I'd had um, Malachi because my family lived in Melbourne. I was obviously living in North Queensland. And I remember getting, you know, my baby home and putting him straight into a cot in his own room and not even thinking once about, you know, how to safely sleep my baby or... Um, how many layers of clothes you need to have on, or you know, introducing solids, and I had no idea and no support. It was actually having to, you know, speak to my mum and say, "How did you do this with us?" And you know, her her youngest then was. Um, you know 20 years old so she's going gosh right you know this is looking back a while I'm sure things have changed and it was a lot of googling and a lot of speaking to Nikki with her medical background to go what should I do here or where should I get this information and I definitely felt that lack of support you know first time round when when I had Malachi I had second Bob Huxley I had this wealth of knowledge and information and resources at my fingertips and you know I was lucky enough to have that but there's so many parents out there that, that don't have that access to
1: information. So I guess that was the, the key driver. We don't want parents to feel under supported. And we certainly didn't want parents to be going through these situations where they have a seriously ill child and they feel helpless. And that's what was our driver to start the business. We want to empower um, parents. We want them to have the information. Um, we do that through obviously our face-to-face training, but you'll see we add so much value on our Instagram as well. We talk about lots of different things because we want everyone to be informed and we want everyone to feel like they have the confidence to be their child's health advocate. You're their connection, you're their voice. So that's how we started it. And it's been seven years since we've um, done that. And we definitely have been recognized as that industry go-to, which is amazing. And it's something we're incredibly proud of.
0: And I love that, that like, because I rattle on so much about knowledge is power. When you have knowledge and the education, you feel empowered and you feel Like I, you know, and this is something we're going to dive into, but there's a lot of stress out there. Like you girls are teaching mums, it's in the world of birth and it's also in the world of first aid. And both of those things are incredibly frightening for some mums, you know, about the fear and like there's been things that are in the media that certainly trigger the extra fear periods. There was something recently or within the last couple of years that happened with a little boy, you know, who choked. And I know that that set off a real trigger for people to want to be informed about what the heck do we do what sort of things are you seeing like what are the what are the things that you're helping families with in the community or the illnesses or the accidents that you guys are mostly seeing out there
1: well just um to go back on that that little boy who choked it was um incredible the amount of contact and private messages we got it was literally like an outcry from the community saying you need to do something so we put together a free online choking workshop we had 50,000 people register for that so that really really went to you know showed us that this is a huge concern and in particular that situation with that three-year-old boy it was just a freak accident you know really one of the things that you just you know you just could not comprehend that it happening you wouldn't think that a three-year-old you know with that bouncy ball you know we went purchased the bouncy ball because we wanted to look at the size and it truly was just a freak accident that it happened Um, but it it, I guess in the world of social media it allowed this platform for 50,000 people to get access education and who knows how many lives that actually saved because of that. Every single week we get contacted by a practice parent who've done our course, who've done that workshop, who says my child choked and I was able to save them. So when we look at it in isolation, it's just this devastating, horrible thing that happened. Um, but I think that the impact that that story and that devastating um, accident that happened has on kids still every single day and families because they know what to do now is, is incredible. So I think choking is definitely definitely our biggest thing that's yeah. it that's what we get contacted about the most that is the um, number one thing that our parents tick as they want to know more about it and even in the
2: classroom when we're teaching those face-to-face courses that's where we get the most amount of questions that's where we want to recap more they want to have more time actually practicing the skill set but even going back to that you know that um, workshop that Nikki and I did from Nikki's lounge room <laughs> you yeah. know even now like when I teach a course people will come up to me and say oh You know, that choking workshop that you and Nikki did was amazing and it actually helped me. And we get that feedback, like Nikki said, on a day-to-day basis. And That right there is why we do what we do because if that helps a parent feel confident and potentially save the life,
1: then then we're doing our life's best work. Because I think as well, we really have this responsibility and it's a fine line to walk between, you know, letting people know of these potential things that are happening and that what they need to be aware of in a way that is empowering rather than scary. Sometimes that's a really a big responsibility that weighs heavy on us. Really what we're trying to do and our whole business is built on reassuring parents, because like you say, knowledge is power. And if you know what to do. We can't promise you that it's not going to happen and we can't tell you if you cut your grapes up until your child is six, they will not choke. It, there's no um, hard and fast rule, I guess, you know, adults choke, you know, kids at 10 choke. But really our our whole intention is to basically reassure you In if you know what to do, that is the best thing. It, it's the worst case situation. If you're in, in an environment where your child's choking, And you just don't know what to do. And I've seen that as a paramedic and that I'll never forget that particular job. And I just think even, you know, like that little boy, even if there's nothing that can be done, I think it's tempting and knowing it's reassuring.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Is like ultimately when you're doing this, you're preparing for a worst case scenario and you hope to God it doesn't happen. You hope to God. Like I remember working as like a midwife in the hospital and you obviously, we are trained in neonatal resus, adult recess. I remember always being like, oh God, I hope today's the shift that I don't have to use those skills, but I know how to, if I need to, thank God, because otherwise I probably shouldn't have been working there. Um, <laughs> but it's the same in parenthood is that when you have this knowledge about what you need to do, then as you said, like... I think the other big thing that I love from that, Rach, is that like there's choking where it's just a little mild incident where it's just, you know, it's not full occlusive, call the ambulance, panic modes, panic stations. It's just those basic skills to be able to manage with those sorts of things. So,
2: and I think it comes down to be able to identify it quickly and act quickly recognize that this is what's going on with your infant or child and moving through you know steps to be able to
1: rectify that nice and quickly um, and feeling confident within those steps because a big one for choking if it is if it is a mild episode or a partial obstruction where they're coughing and things like that often your reassurance and you being calm and holding it together and going they can still breathe they've got a partial airway Often that will mean that you can respond in a way that will calm your child and they can actually cough and clear that by themselves. However, if you freak out and you panic, it could cause that child to gasp and, you know, make that choking um, go from a partial obstruction to a complete obstruction. So you're 100% right. It's not always about, you know, this terrible emergency. Sometimes it's about that preventing it and recognising it and, you know. Staying calm. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, given all of that, what are the sorts of expectations or education that you're giving the families within the community, perhaps around the prevention side of things, or, you know, taking us through the recommendations that you are, you know, giving for these these trends that you're seeing, the choking and the other things you're seeing within the community?
2: We are teaching new and expecting parents and caregivers, prevention's better than cure. And so, you know, little things um, that you can implement from day one when baby's feeding you're obviously there either breastfeeding or bottle feeding and create this environment that we eat together so um, once they are eating finger food and you know snack time and lunch and dinner that we sit down as a family and eat so they're always being supervised you know kids don't always you know they're not always hungry at the same time so sometimes they will get cranky in the back of the car and you know if you give them that apple or, or something that it will make them feel better but you can't obviously drive and supervise your child eating in the back of the car. So putting things in place like we don't eat in the car or you know we eat before we leave and we'll eat when we come back. Cutting things up. So depending on the age of the child, um, making sure that we're cutting grapes, blueberries, we're mashing food, the key things that they're choking on like your sausages, your marshmallows, um, your fruit and vegetables. So we're making sure that they're the right size. They're actually suggesting now that grapes and, and things like that should be cut until they're in prep. So, you know, five years of age and when I speak to child care educators about this and even teachers they say sometimes it's not done but then other times we're seeing watermelon cut up nicely which is fantastic because obviously when our children aren't getting supervised by us they're getting supervised by other educators in the school environment or, or our preschool environment which means that they're feeling confident that things are the right size as well so prevention is obviously better than cure but then just knowing exactly what to do when you identify that there is a complete obstruction You know your infant or child are unable to breathe, they're unable to communicate and they're unable to cough, which means that we do need to follow our primary survey, making sure you're in a safe environment, checking that the child is 100% that they are in a choking emergency by checking that response level and seeing if they can cough, sending for help, obviously getting on the phone to triple zero. We can always cancel an ambulance, but let's get them on the way just in case this does escalate. And then starting with our back blows and our chest thrusts, which obviously we, we spend a lot of time in our courses with, but we've got some amazing footage on our app as well to demonstrate to parents how to do that on an infant and a baby and then obviously on our Instagram stories there's always stuff about choking as well um, but getting that technique and getting confident with that technique is is really prevalent.
0: I love that too because and I love the message about prevention over you know obviously to have the skills about emergency that's awesome but at the end of the day if you're preventing then. That's going to be the best method, isn't it? In my work, I see, as you could imagine, you would too, lots of different families. Some families are petrified of these sorts of things and it keeps them up at night. Like it literally keeps them up at night going over the potential risks out there. It's a scary way of living like that because, I mean, God, there is hazards everywhere. But it's about a bit of that relinquishing to the fact that all we can do is the best we can to hazard reduce. And if that is preparing food in a way that's age appropriate for your baby or toddler. And like, that's fascinating about the grapes. It makes so much sense, doesn't it? Because yeah, it's a little practice that we can do and change to just help to minimize. Like, it's funny too. Like, I was just thinking when you were saying that, sometimes you get a bit complacent, don't you? And you shouldn't. Like, you can never, even what you're saying just then, like, I often have to drive 30 minutes to get from you know, A to B with where I live and where I need to go a lot. And quite often, like in the car on the way here, the boys were eating bickies in the car because I'm like, in my head, it's safer for me to concentrate on the road and for them to be eating, but it's not. It's such a great reminder that if you can't monitor your baby or toddler properly, then don't offer something to put in their mouth.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I think a crying baby is, um, is better than the alternative. And um, It's poking silent and I think, you know, we all think if our babies are in emergencies it's something that we'll be aware of but as you know, you know, often these these things are quiet, they're silent, and it's us being on the ball and responding that's going to make the difference. And, yeah, I, I definitely. And it's something that probably until we did the choking workshop, I didn't really think about the food in the car and really emphasising that. And I guess, you know, there's been other situations that we've come across where children and heard about where children have been unsupervised. And it's just it's never with ill intent. It's just you sit here, here's the stuff, I'm just going to unpack this from the car or I'm going to do this. And it happens quickly, you know, within 30 seconds, once that airway is gone, it's um, if you're not coming back for two minutes or three minutes, it's really devastating. So yeah, I I think it's such an important message. But yeah, we're we're certainly here because we we don't want people to feel anxious about having children. Like you say, you know, we, we teach this day in, day out, and we still have our own things that happen, you know, everything's not, avoidable you just can't live in that world I guess we just need to do the best we can and I think that that's what we're here to do give that education so you can do the best you can
0: there are hazards everywhere but if you're prepared then you don't need to live in fear like that's what the message is isn't it is you've got that skill set and I remember always thinking will that come if I like if I'm in emergency will will everything come and it does (laughs) it does like and it's better to have it there And to be like, you know, in that emergency, you can take that breath and go, right, you know, and draw in those actions. So, yeah.
2: I always sign off our courses at the end of the day, thanking all the proactive parents. Um, And hopefully it's been four hours as a giant waste of time. Um, But if not, they feel nothing but confident to act in an emergency and to let me know if they do, because I want to know how confident they were. I mean, we get an overwhelming amount of responses of people saying, you're right, Rach, I I can't believe it thought that I wouldn't remember it, but I did. And even, you know, when I've had to deal with things with my children, teaching this day in, day out, it does, it comes back and and you're able to act quickly. And and that's what we want to instill in people.
0: Yeah. I love that. I hope that this is a giant waste of time.
2: (laughs) It's so true though. Like you don't
0: actually want to have to use this, but bloody oath it's so good to have it there
1: <laughs> okay, exactly and I think it's really important obviously your background you came along to one of our courses you know you you're highly trained and you still were like hey I don't have that equipment and I don't have that support because I'm not in a hospital I'm at home by myself and I need to do it so I think that's huge so thank you so much for that
0: yeah, exactly. And I just remember thinking, you know, and also partly I had that, I wanted my husband to come along too, you know. I needed him to be skilled up as well. He's an electrician and he doesn't have though that skill set. And realistically, like we need to update really. It's now Max is five and Ted's almost three. Well, both of them are almost five and three. What's your recommendations around updates while we're on that? Do, is that something you recommend?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you're not using a skill and you have learned it a few years ago, you definitely need to refresh. And we're actually working on that at the moment because we have a lot of parents coming back to us saying, I want to refresh, how can I do it? So we're figuring out a way that we can actually deliver that information to be able to refresh their knowledge. Obviously, the app's there. That's great. It's got all the stuff that you can read through. Um, But I guess more in an engaging sense that we want to be able to reach the parents that have done the course before and just need um, a refresh, but also now have um, children that are a bit older. So develop content that speaks to them and say, okay, well, your baby's now at this age, these are the concerns. They're going to be different from the course when your baby was, you know, not even here or just brand new. So the team is working on that at the moment because, yeah, realistically the Australian Resuscitation Council says that CPR should be refreshed annually. Changes, there's changes in guidelines, there's updates, there's more information. So better recommendations. Um, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, at least once a year, we should be going back either into the, the app and having a refresh or with this new course that we're going to develop and release, um, definitely, you know, getting involved in that. So you continue to maintain that confidence and impact.
0: Yeah. And that's what it's about is maintaining that confidence. Tell me about the app. Now, I know I went and checked it out and it is such a great resource. FYI, I'm sure you girls know that. <laughs> And like the interface is so beautiful as well. So I'm like, you know, I like pretty things as well.
1: So do we. So do we. yeah so it just basically covers everything plus more that's delivered in the face-to-face content so it acts as um for those people who maybe can't get access to the course they we have a lot of um, parents in the community that are you know in regional areas we can't service at this point so they're finding it amazing because they can download it they can watch videos they can go through that and then they can contact us with any questions that they might have and like you said it's a great refresher for anyone who has done the course but also i find myself i use it, like I said, my little boy is seven months old. He recently over Christmas had an episode of croup. So I jumped in straight away and had a look at the kind of the mild, the moderate, the severe, what am I looking for? I'm a paramedic, but I needed a refresher. So, I and mean, you often do need those refreshers when it's, when you're alone, when it's late at night or really early in the morning. So basically it's your pocket guide. It's your reassurance. You can go back and look through. Um, and like I said, it, it covers additional things that parents are um, reaching out to us and Asking, you know about viruses and about temperatures and you know the use of medication and things like that so it's it's really an amazing resource and we're so proud that we've got that out there and we've um, had a huge amount of subscribers and and downloads of that which is um yeah, really exciting for for us as well. And we'll just continue to build on that. We're about to add on the birth bump and beyond section as well. So we can actually, as you know, obviously part of our business is is the birthing courses and kind of revolutionising that outside of the hospital environment. So that will be added on soon as well. So it's going to be this complete guide to supporting people through parenthood.
0: I love that. And I love what you said too, about how even you have to have that refresher because I will do the same. Like I am so good at giving people advice and looking from the outside in and being able to say, okay, X, Y, and Z, all these things. But when you're looking at things yourself, things get blurred, don't they? Like when you are mum, when you are the one making those decisions about your child, everything can just get so skewed as to what exactly you need to do. 100%
1: I couldn't agree with that more and the amount of nurses I speak to that say I didn't think it was too bad because we often will downplayed as well we'll often you know be like no no no, this is okay or and because you know our biggest fear is being a burden or you know using the healthcare system unnecessarily because we see the impact that that has but yeah in in saying that it's so hard to get that clarity so we understand that for parents that's why we write all the content so we know that you're probably going to be stressed out you're probably going to be anxious your child's going to be sick probably not going to be sleeping we write the content knowing that it's simple it's easy to read you can quickly scan through you can get those signs and symptoms and you can get that action plan really quickly
0: yeah a realistic way to digest content that's what usually like outside of my interviews all of my podcast episodes are short to the point exactly what you need to hear minus the fluff because (laughs) like what mum a has the time and has the like, you know, mental capacity to take in anything more than you need? Uh, all right, girls, last question. And this is one of my favorite ones, but I wanted you to tell me if there was one piece of advice you could give to new mums or to anyone, like the whether this is first, second, fifth time into motherhood, what piece of advice would that be?
1: All right, I'll go first. So my piece of advice is for new and expecting parents, number one, be educated because that's the business that we're in and we believe so much in that. But the, the biggest thing is trust your intuition. If you think something's wrong, whether the, you know that's when you're pregnant, when you've got a newborn baby, or when you've got a child of any age, if you think something isn't right, follow it up. And if you're told it's all okay, follow it up again if it doesn't feel right. I think that is that you know your baby better than anyone else. And you really need to back yourself with that. Trust your gut and your own intuition. I think that's just the most important thing to share with new and expecting parents.
2: So my advice um, to new and expecting parents from a mum who's been parenting for 10 years, I think you need to know that everyone's experience is different. My sister and I work together day in day out. We holiday together. Our babies are raised like brothers and sisters, but yet we fed our babies differently, we birthed our babies differently, and we disciplined and have different routines to each other. So it doesn't matter how somebody else is doing it. You do you and and be confident with that.
0: Like at the end of the day, we are all going to do things differently and no one's right or wrong. It's right for your family. And there's such a divide in motherhood between who's better because of the way they do things. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone's going to hear that message at a different time and really go, yeah, I'm I'm hearing that. I'm not just listening. I'm hearing that. But the more we talk about it, the more that message gets out, hey. 100% 100% 100%.
1: Yeah, 100%, 100% 100% we're just, all running our own race you know and I think you know if we realistically look at it it's really damaging for people to feel like this constant comparison and that their babies may not at this development stage and they're not doing this yet I think and I really hope that through platforms like yours and ours that we can really get this community going that we support each other and we know it's subjective and what you do is different to me and that's okay
0: Absolutely. I'm loving like the themes that we've spoken about. It's like education and that differences are okay and we just have to support one another. Both of those are pretty good takeaway messages. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me, girls. This has been such a nice chat. Before we finish up, can you tell my listeners where they can find you on the internet, on any sort of platforms? Let us know.
1: Absolutely. So you can head over and follow us on Instagram at Education. Um, that's the same deal with Facebook. You can head to our website at tinyhearts.com.au. Lots of free information and um, obviously the ability to book into a course there and learn everything that we've spoken about today.
0: Awesome. I'll make sure to link to all of those in the show notes as well. So people will be able to pop on my website and get to your website easily. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. It's been so much fun to have this chat. Oh, it's
1: actually been amazing. Thank you so much, Jen.
0: Thanks for listening to the episode, Mama. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, make sure to share the episode with a friend, with your mother's group or tag me at Jen Butler, early parenting on Instagram. The more that know about this podcast, the more people I can help. If you're looking for support that is personalized for your babe and tailored to your family's needs, then make sure to head on over to my website, www.jenniferbutler.com.au, and check out how we can work together so you can move through motherhood with confidence. Catch you in the next episode, Mama.